Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. But right now we want to talk with Dr. Jeffrey Copen, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Hospital. How are you doing, Dr. Copen? I'm great, Anna. How are you? It's good to talk to you. I know. It's good to connect. It's been a while. Hey, I want to ask you, there is something um, that is making news, but we don't know what to make of it. And sometimes you get a little bit advanced guidance if it's health related. We don't know. The governor, Governor Pritzker, saying he's going to be making an announcement shortly. Reporters shouted out a question. Is this about mask mandates? And he said, we'll have something shortly. He didn't explain what. I just wonder, have you folks in the medical community received any word that there could be a policy change coming? Yeah, that's we've um, been expecting it for the last week, an announcement on masks. If we look at what, we, what we're seeing in other states, particularly the states that have Democratic governors, they've been starting to take the mask mandates and modifying them. Mm-hmm. So we think that's what we're going to see happen here in Illinois. And it's probably what the governor's um, announcement will be. Okay, and do you get any sense of what a timeline might be on that? As we, as you just mentioned, there are several Democratic governors like Newsom in California yesterday who dropped the indoor mask mandate starting February 15th. He says they're still going to be in schools, so all these policies don't look the same. But any kind of timeline about when this might take effect or what he might announce? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Anna, we'll have to see what the governor has to say. I would be surprised, though, if it if it tracks what we saw in New Jersey yesterday, mm-hmm. where there be indoor mask mandate will probably be rolled back, except for schools, and then the schools will probably be done on a more local basis. I know today already, the Chicago Teachers Union, Chicago Public Schools, said they're going to want to continue with masks, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty certain we'll see suburban school districts downstate. School districts roll back the mask requirement um, if the governor allows them to. So I think that's what we're probably going to see. And that's what Governor Pritzker likely will say. Okay, we got a lot of questions for you and some things to get to, Dr. Copen. But can you begin with just a review of the mask studies? This is obviously coming up, as you know, for for the reasons that these are being debated again in schools across the state after that court ruling. What do we know? What do we don't know about masks? Yeah, you know, you know the, the truth is, and we've talked about this over the months, mm-hmm. there are not a lot of well-done scientific studies validating masking. Um, matter of fact, like the big studies that we look for that are peer-reviewed, there aren't a lot of them. CDC continues, though, to say that um, masking is helpful in decreasing both transmission of the virus and an individual actually breathing in the virus. It feels though like that's more um, opinion really based in real data. But I will say based on my experience, the experience of my colleagues in the hospital, where we're, we've been around the virus now for two years, we've masked. We use our personal protective equipment, and thankfully, we really haven't had a problem of getting infected in the hospital. There could be other reasons for that, too. 
So I think the masking, you know, people who say there's no value to mask, I disagree with that. Somebody, though, who thinks that masking is absolutely a way to prevent getting infected, I don't agree with that either. Mm-hmm. So I think when there's a high prevalence of the virus around and when people are getting infected, like what we just went through with the Omicron surge, it would make sense for people to mask, particularly inside. When the amount of virus goes down lower, I think that's probably prudent at that point for vaccinated people to safely be able to go without masks inside. And I think that's what we're going to be hearing now. Okay, I'm going to ask you in a moment just about schools as well, but but I, I just want to circle back onto something you said. You said not a lot of studies about masks uh, validating them. Did I did I hear you correctly? W- w- why not? Yeah, why, this, this is a big one issue. Of these things where there's scientific consensus. You know, we can point to a whole bunch of well done studies. You matter of fact, depending this is the truth. Depending what what position you want to take on the masks, you can point to. Different studies, different countries. Not every country agrees with the mandatory masking. Um, you know, for example, you know, right now Denmark, where there's still a lot of Omicron, Denmark's done away with indoor masking. It's interesting. Their their health authorities and their prime minister and government has made the decision. There's no need for indoor masking anymore. So there isn't there there is not a big literature. Um, in the scientific literature that clearly says that mandatory masking makes makes a big difference. But a lot of very important public health authorities still believe that. So that's that's the place that we're at right now. And you know, I think yeah, this is why masking one of the reasons why masking has been so controversial, right? There's there just hasn't been a consensus of the value of masks and you know Those of us in Chicago, we're not even aware of that. But if you go to other parts of the country, you don't even see a mask anywhere. So it really is a fascinating time when it comes to the whole mask mandate question. It is. And I think there are uh, some states are splitting it up. As you mentioned, New Jersey, California is as well. They're dropping their indoor mask mandates, but they're not doing it in schools. Uh, Is that the right way to go, Dr. Copen? How do you feel about that? You know, I, it's it's not an easy question. Um, no. Here's how I think about it. I very much would like to leave this decision to local school districts. Let the local school district, the parents that send their kids to the school, the teachers, let them together make the decision what works for that community. I think the one-size-fits-all mask rule right now in schools really does not work. And it's certainly possible that CPS is going to make one decision, but some of our suburban school districts would make a different decision. And in my mind, that's okay. Yeah, you're seeing that already. The Joliet Archdiocese has dropped their mask mandate. I think they made it optional, but the Chicago Archdiocese has not for the Catholic schools. And you're seeing all kinds of district-by-district interpretations of what they want to do moving forward. Perhaps that's the best way to go. Um, 
Dr. Coping, can you stand by for a second here? We've got some questions on the text line. We want to hear from people and their uh, their questions, their health questions for Dr. Copen, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Hospital, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Questions for Dr. Jeffrey Copen, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Hospital, 312-981-7200, a bunch of them on the text line currently. This is this this one I want to get, get you to address, Dr. Copen, because I've read about this in the news. I'm wondering if you're hearing about this at Northwestern Medicine. 224 says, Anna, for Dr. Copen, I went to have my COVID test at a shopping center parking lot. They said it would be free, but they charged my insurance company 300 bucks for the PCR. I guess the rapid test was free. Do you, is there confusion about what's, what they're charging and what they're not? Because I know some of that has changed over time. Yeah, and there's a lot of operators out there that might, be taking advantage of this. Mm-hmm. So I suspect that that test site would say the test was free to the patient, right? I mean, it, the person who went to get tested, there probably was no out-of-pocket cost. But we know that um, the gov- federal government ordered that insurance companies, private insurance companies, need to pay the cost of, of testing for COVID. So that's what happened here. That was the reason that the, that company was able to say it's free. It's not going to cost you anything out of the, your pocket, but we're going to charge 300 bucks to your insurance company, which is compelled by a federal directive to pay. Now, I don't know if they have to pay $300 or if there's a, a smaller amount that they have to pay, but th- that's how that transaction worked. I think there's a lot of this stuff out there, Anna, that over time, we're going to learn about, and I think we're going to find that there were people who unfortunately took advantage of this crisis, um, and the law is going to have to deal with them. I'm not saying this place in particular, but right. I know we're going to be seeing that in the future. I, I think you're absolutely right, and there have been some stories already about that, fraudulent companies who have been taking advantage, and hopefully they'll be dealt with. Um, question here for Dr. Copen about the test through the mail. If the weather is cold, if the temperatures are chilly, does that test, is it no good? Yeah, the problem with the test through the mail, um, particularly if you're doing a PCR test, is we don't know how the specimen is going to be handled, right? Particularly in our climate, you leave something outside your door outdoors and it's 20 degrees outside, it could freeze. So these are these specimens that when we do PCR testing are, are not the hardiest specimen. They need to be handled in a, in a climate controlled way. So the problem is when you send something through the mail, you don't know whether that whether the specimen will be treated appropriately. Good chance it would not be. So to the extent it's possible not to do those through the mail tests, and there are plenty of places, legitimate places where you could go get tested, I would suggest you go to a location to get tested. All right, we're going to go to the phones in a second, 312-981-7200. Your questions for Dr. Cope. And how are we doing? I keep hearing that the numbers are down uh, dramatically, pretty dramatically from where they were at that awful peak. What would, what can you tell us, Dr. Copen? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we're doing way better. You know, Anna, the last time you and I spoke, mm-hmm. we were just starting to see the beginning of this Omicron. Yeah, and I when I think about what we've been through, since then till now, it really is incredible. Um, the number yeah. of new cases of infected people, everybody's seen those graphs, that very quick 
increase in the rate of infections. We peaked, and now there's, thankfully, an equally steep decrease. So I checked the numbers today. In Illinois, we're down 71% the number of cases that we had over that we've had over the last two weeks. That that's yeah. amazing. We're down seventy one percent. Since yeah. you and, and I we're spoke Dr. close to getting back to like a baseline. And that that's gonna be really good. I think two more weeks we're gonna be in a really, really good place. Good to hear, Dr. Coben. Since you and I spoke, I actually got COVID, and it was the Omicron variant. Um, I tried so hard to, to, to resist getting it, and, and I just, I did. We don't know exactly how, um, but it, thankfully it was a mild case with mild symptoms, mostly dealing with fatigue. I woke up in the morning, and I'd do one thing, and then I'd have to go take a nap, or have to, you know, it just was really just zapped me of all the energy um, for about a week, but thankfully nothing else. So that is good to hear. Yeah, let's go to the phone. for those vaccines, right, Anna? Yes. I mean, it's just, it's a marvelous, marvelous thing to be fully vaccinated hopefully you know by fully i mean with the booster if you're in the right age group mm-hmm. and it really does make a difference you know the the vast majority of our patients thankfully had mild cases i found that there have been two major categories kind of the mild cold mm-hmm. and i would put you in that category with the fatigue and then right. some people have more like a flu-like symptom syndrome where they're a little bit sicker um, but again, these um, vaccines have just made a huge, huge difference to help us get get through the Omicron surge. They no doubt have, Dr. Copen. Grace is on the line. She wants to ask, I think, about the flu situation, right, Grace? Go ahead. You're on WGN. Yes, I was wondering what the flu situation is this year. Last year was very low, and they said they thought it was because people were wearing masks. And I wondered what it is uh, this year. That's a good question. Yeah, Grace, it's it's so interesting, isn't it? Um, last year, we we literally saw no, we we had no no influenza. It was amazing. Yes. This year, we're seeing very few cases. Um, the city of Chicago Health Department publishes once a week the number of um, people with influenza positive positive cases. The state does the same thing, and we're just seeing a handful. It's it really uh, you is think quite that's remarkable. Due- to wearing masks? You know, we there's a we masks don't do a great job stopping the transmission of influenza. So I don't think so. Last year I would have told you it was because people were distancing. Most of us were okay. still at home. We weren't going out. People though are going out a lot more this year. So the truth is, Grace, I really can't tell you why. Um, Anna and I discussed back in the beginning of the fall how important it was for people to also get their seasonal influenza shot. Because I was really concerned about the possibility of having a bad influenza season at the same time we still had COVID. I mean, that would have been horrible. Thankfully, we haven't seen that, and I hope that the influenza stays away yet for for another season. We certainly don't need that right now, but I can't give you a reason why. I'm looking forward to understanding it better. Okay, thank you, well, thank you very much. Thanks, Grace. Thanks for listening uh-huh. to WGN. An honest answer from Dr. Copen, and he he knows the science, so it's it's good to just get you to say exactly what you know and what you don't. Vitamin D is something again uh, in the spotlight. I know when COVID went around our household, they uh, everyone I know was texting me, "Get vitamin D, get vitamin D." Do we do we really think it helps, Dr. Copen? Well, there's some evidence that it might. You know, again, I can't tell you why. There's there's various theories. 
There's theories about people who have vitamin D deficiencies being at um, higher risk for having a COVID infection. Um, so this, this is one of these things that's going to be continued to look at, be looked at. We do not have a definitive answer one way or the other. But the good news is if somebody wanted to take vitamin D, it's good for you anyway. Um, most of us in our climate during the winter, because we don't get a lot of sunlight, um, we do become mildly vitamin deficient. So if someone wanted to take vitamin D thinking it might help them with COVID, please go ahead. Why not? Why not? I did. I don't know if it helped, but I did. Thank you, Dr. Coppin. You got better, right? (laughs) I did. I got better pretty quickly, and all in all, not not a terrible, terrible thing. So I'm feeling good about that. Thank you, Dr. Coppin, for your time today and answering everybody's questions. Good talking to you again, Anna. You take good care, and I'm glad you're fine. Yes. Thank you, sir. Dr. Jeffrey Coppin, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Hospital.